0: great to be here with all of you this morning as we have this opportunity. It's Sunday. I love Sundays. It's our fun days as we have this opportunity to come together and worship our awesome God and sing his praises and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. Good morning to all of you who are joining us online. We love the fact that we're able to do that as well. Hey, if you are new with us, Welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are joining us today. I don't know if you know this or not, but we've been praying for you all week that you'd come. We've been praying for you all week and praying for you this morning that when you came, that you were like, okay, I feel welcomed here. I feel wanted here. This is a place where I want to call home because they love Jesus and they love me. So welcome to Vertical Church, man. It's just great to have you with us. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Privileged to serve here uh, with amazing church, amazing people. Uh, we hope that you feel just that this morning, that you are wanted and welcome. You know, this. before we get into this morning's conversation, I want to ask you, church, to be praying with us as we move into a new season of the fall and winter. We don't want to talk about those things, but... You know, school starting real soon. Kids are like, Arr. parents are like, yay! You know what I mean? They're going back to school, but we're we're transferring into a new season. And as we worked through our calendars this past week, we realized uh, that we're shifting gears as a ministry. You know, as we enter into the fall, we shift gears into this amazing, busy opportunity for the. For us to work for Jesus, you know, I think about this. I'm gonna list off some things here. In a couple of weeks, ignite our student ministry kicks off in full swing. Yeah. I mean, that's yes. Come on. Um, I know Pastor Dre is stoked about that. Looking forward to this year, reaching more into our schools and, and engaging the students for Jesus Christ. Uh, we're planning a worship a worship night in the beginning of September that we come together on a Friday night or something like that, and we just. We praise Jesus all night long. Well, maybe not all night long. Maybe for a few hours, right? We're planning that. Small groups, we can't do life alone. Those are kicking off in, kicking off in September. In October, we're planning multiple opportunities to reach into our community and share the love of Jesus Christ. And let him know that we are for them. Not to mention today, okay? Today's dollar difference. I know Dre talked about that. But we have this opportunity to reach into our school districts and support them and love them. And let them know we are for them. Uh, we throw them down in November where we kick them coming back and doing our vertical celebration. That's our annual meeting. We come and, and we celebrate what God is doing. Here's some testimonies about how God's changed people's lives. We take care of some business in that process. But we also cast a vision where God is, where God is going, where he's taking us. Uh, then we turn the corners into December. Yeah, I'm already there. And anyway, we have multiple opportunities there as well as we reach into our community and share the love of Jesus Christ through December then also at Christmas. Oh, whoa, that's a lot, right? Come on, that's a lot. And I'm sure that I am missing a ton of things that are going on. So I'm gonna ask you, church, would you pray with us? Would you pray with us as we walk through this next season into ministry? I mean, it's our desire as a church to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our mission because that is the mission that God has given us, that Jesus made really clear. And if we want that mission to come to fruition, we as a church need to be praying together, praying for those unexpected adventures, praying for those opportunities to share Jesus. And We need, as a church, to be stepping in to this ministry, investing in together. And one thing I know is true is when we do, when the, true, the church comes together and it activates, it moves together, it prays together, it's planned together, we're going, we're going to reach people together, man, God is glorified because the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing. God is glorified. And when those things happen, our community will be radically blessed and more and more people will hear the message of hope. That's what we're all about, reaching people for Jesus. So church, will you pray with us? So this morning... This morning we come to an end, uh, a journey comes to an end. You know, we have been walking through this series, Fixer Upper, for the last four weeks and walking through this journey of a whole life renovation. And each week we've been challenging each other and walking through what does it look like. In fact, someone at the end of service last week walked up to me and said, you know, I I want you to know that I'm all in for this, but if it's okay with you, I would really like to renovate one room at a time. (laughs) And I was like... Yeah, that's good too. I mean, that's a great reminder for us uh, because it, we understand that renovation is a process. We walk through a process. It takes one step at a time. I talked about when we got into this series, your personal journey, right? It's a personal journey. You take one step at a time. It's a process. It's a process of becoming more like Jesus and less like the world. It's a process we walk through. And this series, my friends, is as, as a template Right? It's a template for us to use in our life. Just because the series is ending today, it doesn't mean the renovation in our life has to end. It doesn't mean three months from now when we recognize there's more things in our life that needs to go or new things in our life that need to go that we don't set this template aside and not go at it with everything we have in Jesus Christ. Because we walk through life, and we're going to be the world's going to try overlay its stuff on us over and over and again, and want to lay its re, its values, its systems, its belief ways, and, and we're like, no, 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 we are in Jesus, and we have a life we're called to live, and we're supposed to be different than the world. So the series is truly just a template for us to walk through. That we understand that our foundation, we set the foundation this past month. We said, okay, our foundation in life is our position of Christ. It always starts with Jesus. Jesus in the beginning, Jesus in the middle, and Jesus at the end, baby. It's all about Jesus. And we assess the damage. We assess the damage, said, okay, what and what in this world has overlaid on our lives and making us look more like the world and not like Jesus. In a way that we look more like the world's values and not the values of Jesus. And then we said, okay, we need to have this redeemed life in Christ, so we took the sledgehammer of God, and we broke some stuff up last week, right? We took that sledgehammer, and we broke some stuff up. We identified, okay, if it's in there, we, man, we just need to admit it. If it's stuff on our lives or in our lives that doesn't glorify God, then it, we have to admit it, and then we have to identify individually what they are, and then we need to destroy it. It needs to go away. We need to take life away from it. And at the center of this series are these two core verses. You can see them on the screen. And it's in Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. This is Paul talking to the church. He says, We continue to ask God to fill you with all the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Paul's saying, okay, church, I'm, I'm speaking to you. I'm asking you to get all the knowledge of his will. If you ever want to know God's will for your life, it's simply that you live a life pleasing to him. You live a life worthy of what he has done for you. That is the blueprint for the church. And if you're in this room and you're giving your life to Jesus Christ, that's the blueprint for your life. That is God's will for your life. The goal of this series is no different than the goal of God's will for your life. That we live a life that's worthy. That we please him in every way. And today, today's a day, man. Today's the day. Today's the day that we start doing some rebuilding. Today's the day of the big reveal. You know, as we pull this series to close, we have one more step to take, and that's to rebuild the area in our lives that we just knocked down and tore out the junk that doesn't belong. And as I get to the end of the series, I have, I think about the end of the, the TV show that just follows Fixer Upper. They have these big, big uh pictures of what this old house looked like, broken and torn down and ugly front yard and horrible grass and all that kind of stuff. And they look at their, per- they're looking at people and saying, are you ready for your fixer-upper? And they're all excited. So when I ask you, church, are you ready for your fixer-upper? Yeah. Come on, come on. All right, let's get into this. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, your Bibles or your Bible lab, whatever you have with you this morning to read God's Word, I hope you have something here this morning to mark up, to highlight, to write notes on about in God's Word. It's very, very important in our lives. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12. Again, Paul is writing, the author of Colossians, a follower of Jesus, he's writing to a group of people who are followers of Jesus. Look what he says in the beginning of chapter, uh, beginning of chapter 3, look at verse 12, beginning of verse 12. He says, therefore... As God's chosen people, holy and dear, loved, dearly loved. Let me just stop here again, right here. Do you see what Paul just did? Do you see how he started this conversation with us this morning? How we start the rebuild process leading to the big reveal in our lives. that We're following Jesus. We're going through renovation. He says, you know, you are chosen people. He's saying you are chosen people. You are holy people. You are a loved people. Paul, before he goes into his final construction phase of this renovation, he says, this is who you are. This is whose you are. He goes back again, friends, to the foundation. And as I think through this, how many times as we walk through this series has Paul brought us back to our foundation in Christ? I think it's like four or five times in three chapters. It could be even more than that. I don't know. He always brings it back to our foundation in Jesus. He says you are a chosen people. That he wants to have a relationship with you. He brought you into the kingdom, the one he loves. He rescued you from the dominion of darkness. That you are a holy people. That you're set apart to be different than the world. And that you are a loved people that he pour out his love on Calvary and the cross through his son, Jesus Christ. You are a loved people. Verse 12 goes on, and says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, he says, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. My word, I wish that part wasn't in there it's hard yeah. and over all these virtues he says put on love put on love which binds them together all together in perfect unity and that little word in the beginning there is verse 12 it says therefore and i always i always bring it up as if every time we see the word therefore when we're reading scripture we need to ask the question what is it therefore?" And what Paul is doing, he's continuing his thought process into the next section. He says, and if you go back and look at verses 1 through 10, 1 through 11, you say, okay, this stuff, we went through this last week, this stuff doesn't belong. This stuff needs to go. You used to live this way in your life without Jesus, but in your life with Jesus, this worldly things need to go. And now that it's gone, therefore, here's some things that need to be added. Here's things that need to come. And so as I look at these verses, what we read through last week, what we just read through this morning, and as we start preparing to rebuild for our big reveal, this is where I come from this. The condition of your heart reveals the direction of your life. The condition of your heart reveals the direction of your life. See, last week I shared with us that it's with our minds that we come to a knowledge and understanding but it's with our hearts that we believe and we live. That simply means the condition of our hearts, what fills our hearts, what's at the core of who we are is what's lived out in our lives. And what God is saying, what Paul is saying is these, these virtues, these moral ethical principles of life are what we are to be building in our lives. They need to be the building material of our relationship and our walk with Jesus. Have you ever done a project? Or maybe, you, maybe you've seen a project done where the materials were cheap or just junk? Anybody in this room done a project that the materials you use were just cheap? Or junk. You use what you had on hand. Like I don't want to go spend the money. So this the, this board that's kind of bent sideways or it's breaking already. I'm going to use that, right? I'm going to bring that in, and we. I'm going to give the appearance of everything's been renovated properly. Let me just tell you something. I've I've been in a couple homes. We've owned a couple homes in our past in our lives, and I've seen some some cob jobs. All right. We had, a, we had a house up in New York that we were renovating and putting in a bathroom and a laundry room. And I started peeling back the sheetrock, and they shoved newspaper in for insulation. <laughs> I guess they're all your subscribers to the newspaper, so this crumbled up and filled it in until they filled it up. <laughs> we had a house in Pennsylvania. Absolutely amazing house. Look at the pictures, it looks beautiful, love it. We had this huge deck in the back that led to our massive pool. I think the pool is bigger than our house. But we're looking at this deck, and it's pretty. It's got this white, uh, the fence, not the fence, the railing going all around. i was like, man, this is amazing. And we moved in, I think it was January, February, we moved into this house, and by March or April, that, that railing that was all sorts of pretty white was all falling apart. What well, we came to realize is that they were cheap and didn't go buy the right paint. They used indoor latex paint and outdoor railings, and all it does is just peel the right off. One rain, gone. So we do that. We work on projects, and we bring in cheap materials. In fact, I talked to some contractors. Maybe some of you in this room would agree with this. I said, if you were to give someone doing a project one piece of advice, what would it be? the contractors I spoke to says don't skimp on materials you got to use the good stuff but so many times we use the cheap wood we choose to use nails instead of screws because it's what we have and we end up with this project again has the appearance of looking completed but we know truly we're just trying to get by see We never find time to do it right, but we always find time to do it twice. And you're like, oh shoot, Rich, rich, please don't stop at my house. Never find time to do it right, but always find time to do it twice. And let me just tell you, that's the same thing when I walk with Jesus. That's the same thing as our walk with Jesus, as we we, uh, walk with him, go through the renovation process with him. And as we do, man, we just need to get it right with the raw materials that God has given us. We need to put the building materials, our hearts need to be filled with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance with one another, right? Love. Why? Because these are the same materials of the heart of Christ. Same materials of the heart of Christ, and they need to be in our lives. See, when when our hearts are infused with the characters of Christ, our whole life changes. We start becoming who we were called to be. We become more like Jesus and less like the world. We start looking like the amazing transformation that God has right in front of us. When our hearts become infused with the characters of Christ, the view of our world, our view of the world, starts changing. Our relationship with our spouses change. It grows. Right? We start looking at our, our husband or our wife as a gift from God. Our neighbors, our coworkers, right? they no longer are a pain in our back end. Our bosses, we don't look at them like, oh man, I need to go deal with those people again. No, no, no. we look at them as an opportunity of friendship. Look at them as an opportunity to share the gospel message of Jesus. Then the family members that we've, we've shunned and thrown off, we're like, oh, no, no, okay, we don't want to deal with you because you're not like us. We're like, no, 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 we need to love them. We need to love them. And even if they have hurt us, we need to forgive them. Why? Because we just read that part of that verse that I don't think a lot of people in this room like, that we need to forgive as God forgiven us. See, when our lives are infused with the character of Christ, man, everything changes. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. Amen. And so we see the world for what it, what it truly is, 100% clear, that's not what God desires for our lives. He says, put on all these things, put on the virtues of love, verse 14. Put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Man, love is the overarching peace that all these characteristics of Christ flow from. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, without love we have nothing. It kind of makes sense, All right? See, if God is love, man, then that love needs to be built in His children. Amen. Amen. In His church, in this rebuild process, we need to start at the core of who we are, the condition of our hearts. Because the condition of our hearts reveals the direction of our lives. Are we looking more like Jesus? Or are we looking more like the world? Or are we going to be filled with more lust, sexual morality, evil, hate, slander, offensive language, things we read last week? Or are we going to be like Christ, filled with compassion, gentleness, forgiveness, and love? Come on, church. We go through this renovation process. We might get to the end. We might actually like people. (laughs) <laughs> For reals. Here's the truth. We'll be one or the other. We'll be one or the other. Paul, in like many of his letters, if you read through the New Testament, he uses his conversation with these churches. He says, we need to put off and put on. Put off the old self, put on the new self, Right? Take off this junk and put on this stuff. It's all about Jesus. He does it over and over in his letters. He did the same thing in here. Remove the trash. Replace it with Christ. Right? See, creation hates, uh, hates emptiness. It can't stand a vacuum. Right? So just as we destroyed the world from our lives, we can't just sit here as an empty vessel. If we do, if we don't want to put Christ in and start living out his love, his kindness, his forgiveness in our lives, man, the world's going to come back in with a vengeance. You know, Jesus gave us an example of this. He made it very clear in Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. Look at the screen. He says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person and it goes a red places is seeking to seek rest and does not find. he says, "You know what? I'm going to return to the house that I left." And when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, put in order, and then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than it was in the first, And that's how it' be for this wicked generation. Come on, when we get rid of the junk and we're sitting here as an empty vessel not replacing it with everything that God wants us to be, his heart, his, his desire, his will for our lives, man, what's going to happen? We're going to suck the world back in. And it's going to bring more. And we're going to be in places we really don't want to be. He used the example Jesus does of demon possession. And he was dealing with that over and over and over. And he says, the ownership of your home, your heart with me, must not be the world. It must be Christ. That's what he's talking about. As we rip out the world, we must replace it with Jesus. His love. This is where things change, this is where things shift, because sometimes, well, I'm just gonna read the verses, it gets much bigger than us in this. Look at verse 15. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Since members of one body you were called to peace. And he says, Be thankful. Let the message Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs in the spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. We just sang that, right? Gratitude. And whatever you do, verse 17, whether whether word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Did you see what happens in these verses? Paul is not just talking about us as individuals. Man, he is talking to us as the body of Christ, the church. Your hearts, members of one body, one another. So as we walk through this and come to the end of this series, man, we need to shift this from us personally to us as the church. This brings us to the, the final truth of this whole life renovation, the condition of our hearts reveals the direction of the church. So many times we get wrapped up in this personal relationship with Jesus, we forget there's so much bigger thing called the church that we are a part of. The body of Jesus. Not only does our hearts impact the direction of our own lives as individuals, our hearts impacts one of God's greatest creations, his Church, our hearts, because we are lived corporately together, to impact the direction of what God is doing. See, when you live out this new, renovated life in Jesus, people see something different in you. You're walking along and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Why are you inviting me to dinner? You invite your co work to dinner or a friend to dinner, you're like, I just slammed you or slandered you at work. Why are you inviting her? Well, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you forgiving me? Jesus. I mean, I, we work in an environment and, the, and all these people are swearing, but I never hear that come out of your mouth. Why is that? Jesus. See how that happens individually with us living it all out? there's more and there's something bigger when we see that all of us it's the church when we all have this heart of Christ as individuals and the part of the body of Christ, the renovation takes place, man. People see that. His love's lived out loud, not just in our lives personally, but our lives and our lives as a church. People start seeing clearly what the church was meant to be, that we're to be a radiant light in a dark world. The church is something they've never experienced before. Because we believe in someone, Jesus, that we have a mission, making more and better disciples. And that mission is far greater than ourselves, individually. Because as a church, as a body, we bring hope to the world of Jesus Christ. I mean, let's look through a really quick couple of these verses, what it says. We just read them. Let's break it down a little bit. We'll see what the world sees. He says, let the peace of Christ, verse 15, rule your heart. Since members of one body, you were called to peace. I mean, isn't it what the world wants? Isn't what people want in this world, they want peace? But for some reason, chaos reigns. When they see the church renovated, living out this new life, man, they see peace. Peace that passes all understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit residing in you as a child of God. Then when turmoil is happening, we are not living out by emotions. We're living out in the spirit. It goes on in 16: says that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs and the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Man, friends, that's our corporate worship. That's our corporate worship here in Sunday mornings. That is God's people coming together, learning and growing in the Word because we believe that this book is the Word of God. Life manual for those who follow him. The best life possible is lived out this way. And then we're singing praises to God. Man, I absolutely love, love our worship here at Vertical. It's one of the truths of the things that brought us here Is how authentic and real that we have here. I love that our worship is all centered around all Jesus. That we come and expect, have an encounter with God and the Spirit on Sunday mornings. That we lift up our hearts. We lift up our voices to our Creator. And I look around, and even as I saw you this morning, man, church, you are right there with me because our, the worship is authentic and real. And many times I'm up front and you don't see me because I'm up front, I do that on purpose. Man, I am up here in tears rolling down my face because I'm overwhelmed by his presence. Now this morning was a little bit different. I was up here in tears because I tweaked my back and Jacob's truck yesterday. <laughs> but it looks really spiritual, right? Come on. We sing and we lift our hearts and hands because it's in worship we're recognizing the transforming power of God in our lives and we sing and sing loud because of the awareness of his amazing grace. That's the church. That's the renovated process. That's a church being a light. That we know that our foundation is in Christ. We know we need to have, assess the damage and keep on going after and go, kicking it out and busting it out. That we're rooted in and built up. In verse 17 it says, and whatever you do, word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Friends, that's what God desires for His church. That's what He desires for your life. Live a life worthy of Him and please Him in every way. You know, before I bring this to close, I want to take this opportunity to show honor to a brother and his family. As most of you know, the Heralds, this was Harold's last weekend with us. In fact, right after second service, they jump in the truck and they go. Uh, they're moving back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I almost said that. <laughs> I stopped and I changed it right in the middle of it. (laughs) They're moving back to be closer with family. You know, and and Jacob has recently accepted a position at Centerpoint where God is going to continue to use him uh, to lead another church in the blessing of authentic worship. You know, I just shared that that I loved our worship. And I've shared this with Jacob, and we have talked many times over this past year, um, there's just something unique. There's something unique when we're here together celebrating and singing praise to God, worthy is the lamb, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. It has everything to do, brother, with your desire to bring us to it.